0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Behold podcast. Dear listener, this is Sean Helch and Dan Gillette, as usual, per the use. And today we have quite a treat. We have all the way from seemingly the Aloha Isles. <laughs> if you you can't see us, we he's this wearing is a great great, great podcast ho- intro. Great Hawaiian <laughs> shirt. Mr. Nathan Baird.
1: Nate Baird. And he, hey, you are actually fresh off of a vacation, so are you still feeling like you're in vacation mode?
2: Uh no. Okay. <laughs> well your shirt. I mean but I wish my shirt you guys help can me. see it. It's it's, it's 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 it's
1: very much like a like a like a party animal. This is an authentic
2: Hawaiian... made in Hawaii Hawaiian shirt. Wow! And oh, when yeah. I was when I was in college, my college roommates' mom made me three beautiful shirts. Wow! Oh. And I wore those to pieces, and I've been I've been missing them, and so I, I came across this shirt in a shop down in, in Florida, and wow. I thought I'm buying that.
1: Well, you're definitely bringing the bringing the vibes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Aloha everybody.
1: So this is your first time being on since you've been back. So you and Rita. 20th anniversary
2: 20th anniversary it's exactly. technically coming up in July but we got cheaper tickets in May
1: <laughs> Smart that's smart So you guys you guys did a little East Coast
2: We did we thing. went to North Carolina to visit some friends and then we went, flew to see my some family of mine in Florida that I hadn't seen well I hadn't been to their house since I was 14 years old so it's been a, a few years
1: Cool well oh, really quick it? give give the beholders uh just one fun like relational highlight either a moment you and Rita shared or something with your family and then kind of a, an adventure highlight, something cool that happened.
2: Yeah. So just one, one relational highlight just for Rita and I, um, was actually being in the airports. We had several layovers and just, you know, we have a few children and so they weren't with us. And, uh, so it was just kind of a weird place, but we just got to talk, people watch, hanging out, no, no agenda, just being together, which is really fun and um, so that was nice and then just a cool thing um you know rita loves animals and um you know i like them too um especially they taste good (laughs) i I love to eat a delicious animal but uh, we went to uh we were in outside of tampa and we went to this um uh wildlife refuge basically where they had manatee and i i've seen manatee sea cows on you know on shows and stuff but they're massive. I did not know how massive they were. you could easily lay down on one of these things Wow and just you know even like somewhat roll side to side and you'd be fine you wouldn't fall off that sucker. Dang. They were huge gentle giants of the sea and uh, we were afraid we weren't gonna get to see them because um, the they were in this big big like kind of almost like a river really. And there was an underwater viewing station and we went down there and they weren't just these little minnows. It was so disappointing. Almost ready to leave and suddenly Rita's like, wait, they're coming. And you could see them slowly making their way to those viewing stations. So we ran back, went downstairs underwater uh, to this, these large windows. And uh, there they were in all their magnificence. And one of them was doing like a slow corkscrew, like four times rotating underwater. Just, That's amazing. Just wow. it was so cool. So that was like a cool visual.
1: How fun. That's really cool. Um, and then before we get into kind of the the meat and potatoes of our show, uh I think you should you guys should share something that's encouraging that, that's happened recently. I think it happened last night for the first time. It did. G- give everybody a little update on what, what's happening with uh with um young students, uh middle school, high school students at the Ultima.
0: Yeah. Sean, you wanna yeah. If, if you did not know this, uh, the Altamont campus in Livermore, um, it's it's interesting demographics out there. You know, it's um, compared to the crossing, it's kind of a little bit of a, of a scoop situation where there's, I feel like there's a more older folks and there's a lot more younger families. It's kind of like a V-shaped and it might even be those younger families, parents who are there. So yes. we're, just, we're overrun with kids every Sunday, you know, um, and it's been that way for years now. And, uh, we love that it's, it's a great family vibe there because of that, all these young families, but then, you know, naturally, cause this happens to kids apparently as the years have gone on they've grown up <laughs> wow. and they're becoming older and older. Shocker. And so while we've had a booming children's ministry for years now where we face this problem recently of, man, we have now students who are middle schoolers and even some who are high schoolers and we don't have a specific, you know, set apart gathering for these students. And you know, it's just it's hard enough for, for students in that age group to connect and um, just get poured into in, in comparison to all the stuff that they're bombarded with at school and media and social media and all that kind of stuff. So it's just been in our heart the last year or so we need to get this this off the road. And yesterday we we're happy to say was the first gathering of the Ooh-hmm. Altamont Youth Ministry, which we're calling AIM, AYM.
2: Altamont Youth Ministry. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. That's amazing.
0: And it was just so encouraging, man. Like, it was, first of all, we booked an A-plus a+ venue. We really paid the big bucks. It was the backyard of Nathan Baird's house. Wow. <laughs> and, and then, on top of that, we flew in a keynote speaker far <laughs> from the lands of 12 feet away inside Nathan <laughs> Baird's house because it was Nathan Baird. <laughs> wow. uh, and then we got some schmo to do music. But it was just a great time. That was you me know. with Sean. Yeah. And yeah. my son. So, who you call it? Schmo Sean. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's me. I'm the schmo. Cadence is glorious. <laughs> Uh, but you know, one thing we've been just, just discussing as a team is, you know, sometimes getting things off the ground like this, it's not always super easy right away. Um, and yet it's worthwhile, you know? And so kind of the word that I keep thinking about and telling Christian and Cadence and and Ariana who are helping out for this summer is for this summer, don't focus too much about, you know, Explosive growth and amazing, like numbers and all that kind of stuff. Just focus on faithfulness and let's see what God's going to do in this ministry over the summer. And so I think some of us were like bracing for impact a little bit of maybe only having like three kids. It might have only been the Baird kids yesterday, you know? But in the end, we had about 12 students and it was That's just awesome. so encouraging and the vibe was great. And I'll just share the last thing. My favorite thing that happened was as I was leaving, as we were packing up last night, I saw two students who were not friends before this event, exchanging phone numbers and talking after the event. I was just, man, this is exactly what we're here yeah. to do. So it's, it was cool. Well, it's so
1: cool. And just just on that note, I think there's just this agricultural picture that we see in scripture a lot of work in the soil mm. and and just cultivating the land. And I think it's such a beautiful picture of faithfulness, Sean, that you're talking about. And, and yeah, when you start tilling the land and doing the, the hard work by the sweat of your brow to grow something... It's going to be a long time before you see that thing start to sprout, and and then ultimately, and and we even going to see it in this text that we're going to look at today. It's God that causes the growth, and so yeah, we just put our hand to the soil, and we just keep doing what, what we know we have to do, and and wait for God to to send the early and late rains and 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 cause the growth. So yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. and well, on that note, make kind of breaking the fourth wall here. Uh, to those who are listening, uh, j- please just be praying for that ministry, for the leaders, for the students, those who are going to be coming. We talked about um, getting in on the ground floor last night. Like you know, this is the this is the very first ever meeting of the Altamont Youth Ministry. It's never yeah. happened before. It happened at my house. I actually passed out uh, like the 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 notes. You know the, the you know upcoming events and sort of things that we printed out for the kids to know, and I had them sign. Everyone signed that, so I can keep that as a so memento. Cool. Just to say, hey, I want to. You were here. You were, you were here, and yeah. and then and then the second question from that is, a ground floor is a beginning to a uh, to a great building. And so, what do we do now in order to have other people in twenty years when we look back? Maybe some of you will be leading. You know, uh, what 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 can we do now to, to make sure that that the culture of love that 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 is built on Christ is developing? So pray for that. Pray that um, the students really love each other. Um, that those who come who don't know the Lord, maybe their, their friends are bringing them, um, that they would, they would experience that, uh, that community of love that's affected by, by Jesus and his love for us. Um, and that, um, you know, over time, these students are going to be leading and, and, uh, growing and, and, uh, being influential in their schools. And so, yeah, please pray for, for this, uh, especially this summer as we're getting going. And then will happen in the fall?
1: Man, that's a great that's a great setup for our conversation today. You know, just as we're talking about investment and influence, and and, and kind of the the eternal perspective of all of that. Um, speaking of getting in on the ground floor, uh, I'm I'm gonna lead worship. I can't remember what date I signed up for, but sometime this summer. And if you guys don't have a venue, it'd be really fun to have it at the Gillette House. If All right. You, if you guys, because I think you guys are doing houses mostly, or we're doing houses. Yeah. So if you, we don't have a backyard, but we'll just cram everybody in there and just have a, have a wild time.
0: I love it. Maybe that'll be a good one for the we did um, team Pictionary yesterday. You know, was pretty fun. That's fun. It might be a good one for a, a rerun of Pictionary. Yeah, or something, we got something we got like
1: basketball that. too,
0: and then maybe what we could do too is we
1: could walk downtown and get like ice cream or something after. Wow. Because we're right downtown, so now we're getting
0: crazy. My people will talk to your people.
1: Okay, sweet. (laughs) All right, Sean, what are we talking about? Let's get into the meat and potatoes.
0: Yeah, we're talking about pleasing Christ and influencing others. Um, If you've been tracking with us on Sunday mornings, we've been going through uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. We started off in chapter 3, and now we're all the way getting to the middle section of chapter 5. And um, yeah, it's been a a wonderful journey thus far of being reminded of just a lot of the freedoms and and charges and responsibilities in being a follower of Christ, you know, and being a a minister of this new covenant that we all get to take part in. And now we're getting into kind of of a, a, maybe a trickier topic for some people. Maybe I feel like chapter 3, you know, participating in this this triumphal procession and beholding Christ, and then chapter 4, you know, a suffering in jars of clay. Those feel like they're a bit more tangible to a lot of people who have been around, you know, Christian world spheres for a bit. They've they've heard that kind of Christianese before. But now we're getting to chapter 5 and um this topic of rewards received because of our good works in Christ uh, for some people that might be a little bit unclear and confusing. So I'm excited to talk about it today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love, I don't know. I love just in verse six, how it starts off of, uh, again, just a a definitive like fact-based statement, you know, we, so we are always of good courage because of these realities, because of the eternal perspective that we have because of the promises that we're trusting in, we are of good courage, right? It's just like, you know, we are very bold or, you know, we, um, we don't lose heart. There's, there's these statements in, in this, in these passages that we've been looking at that it's like, it, it's not even a command like, Hey, make sure you, you have good courage. You know, it's like, it's like, no, we are of good courage. And, uh, and I just think that is, very strong language that he uses, you know, how does that, how, just right off the bat, how does that sit with you, Nate, when you, when you think about those statements?
2: Yeah. As he, he says it twice, you know, once in verse six and then again in verse eight. And that makes me think of previously where he said, we don't lose heart. So right. this is kind of the, uh, the um, positive way of saying we don't lose heart. Yeah. yeah we're good. We're of good courage. And um, so I was thinking, yeah, uh, he, he, the reason why he says we're of good courage is, is this knowledge of our, our future home, so that reality is so real to Paul, it's like he's like on vacation. I had a great time, but you know, toward the end of vacation, I always feel like I'm, I'm leaning toward home. I can't wait to get home to see my kids. Yeah, yeah. Get, you know, and so that I think that's kind of the sense that Paul is. He's like, I'm in good courage. I'm on mission. You know, I'm with Jesus. I'm pleasing Him, and I know that I'm going to get home and back and experience this amazing life. And he's, I know, I know that I'm. We know that we're not at home yet because we're still walking by faith not by sight yeah, yeah. which i don't know if you guys uh, I, that that's a famous uh, line that christians quote a lot i i, I know I have, i've in the past and i think i in the past i have got it backwards paul's paul's not saying it's better to walk by faith than by sight he's saying we are walking by faith not by sight that's how we know we're not at home yet because when we see, when we're there we will see him as he is so it's um the the faith is is completely Empowering and able uh, enables us based on Jesus' promises God's promises, to walk this way and do these things, and we're experiencing him just like I got to experience manatee, but do I prefer my my children over manatee no <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> I'm looking forward to to, yeah. to to being with Jesus and seeing him face to face. In the meantime, I'm, I'm on mission. I'm experiencing the, the amazing realities that he comes through when, we, mm. when we're acting on his uh, purposes and sharing in that triumph, knowing that I am the aroma of Christ to God, period, right? As mm. I share this gospel and whenever I share um, uh, in word and deed that I am I'm bringing a smile to Jesus' face, um, that's why I'm of good courage. But I know mm. even better that there's this, this reality ahead of me. Um, and that's locked in. It's not a. It's not a maybe. It's a certainty.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you you brought up that just that focus of being at home with the Lord. And Sean, you were asking just about or, or bringing up the topic of rewards. And I think if we can focus on the the source of all of those rewards, the 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 reality that makes those rewards worth pursuing, and it all has to do with being at home with the Lord and not having the any of these these difficulties or barriers or distractions, and so yeah, I mean what, what what do you guys think helps keep us or how does that keep us centered and and make sure that we're not pursuing the the gifts rather than the giver you know what what's what's a good framework for us to follow so that we don't get that out of whack?
0: yeah well I, one thing i i that i think is uh just relevant is i think that what we're getting into is is our attitudes as christians you know our motivations as christians and i love like we brought up you know we're always of good courage and in verse six the the so you know so we have good courage you know whenever there's a so or a for or a therefore or anything like that always read what's before it because i think it informs that you know and in verses one through five and we just went through this last week uh, on the podcast too but you know, we're just reminded of this this difference between groaning about our earthly tent or groaning for our longing to be in our heavenly dwelling, our, our longing to be with Christ. And so I think what we're getting at is, hey, spend a little bit less energy or a lot less energy, maybe groaning about how terrible this earthly place mm-hmm. and your earthly tent is and your earthly body and all that stuff. And instead, man, long to be with Jesus. And now we're getting into aim to please Jesus. You know, So whether you're here in the stinky tent or you're at home with with Jesus, aim to please him. And that will really inform us other things. So to answer your question, I think we really have to tackle it from... A, a relational aspect, you know. Yeah, like it's, yeah. we we can we can print out this list, you know, and print out all, all of Jesus's commands, and and follow that, you know. That's you could do that, uh, and we should know what He told us to do. But I think more importantly, or what Jesus is more concerned about, is your heart in this situation. You know, are you aiming to please your Savior? Because if you are, and we'll get into this in a little bit, but it, you have you worry less about the X, Y, and Z of exactly what those things are, and more about going back to that chapter three stuff of beholding who our Savior is. And to do that, he's gonna make us more like him. You know, it's gonna get easier and easier to please him. So, anyways, all to say I think relationship is a good place to so, start.
1: So do you think, do you think, and Nate, I know you're about to jump in, but do you think this is an accurate statement that there's a direct correlation between the rewards that we receive in heaven and the degree to which we we please Christ with the our our actions and our heart and just the way we invested our life? Do you think that's fair to say that? That's kind of, you can draw a one to one like correlation there.
2: Well, I, th- I think that's that's um, that's kind of the whole point of verse 10, where he says um, that so that each one may receive what is due for what he's done in the body, whether good or evil. So there's, and it's followed up. There, there, I there's, mean, there's
1: the pleasures right before that, like yeah, pleasing. Yeah, yeah, God. so ple- yeah.
2: Ple- we aim to please him. And yeah. then the result of that is that, uh, and, and, and and he gives that word for, which is a, he's explaining what he just said about the pleasing. So yeah, yeah, we aim to yeah, please yeah. him for. Uh, we, we must all appear. So there's, there's a sense of, I'm gonna stand in this, this uh, evaluation. And we talked about before, and uh, you know, that it's, this is not the same as the revelation uh, 20, 20 um, what was the? 2011. 2011, I mean. yeah, the white throne judgment. It's not, it's not that, it's not uh, you are in or out of heaven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you, this, there's no, this, no condemnation, this, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This, this yeah. isn't a, this is an opportunity. And I, and I've said it uh, last week and at the Altamon and I'll say it this week, the crossing, it's, it's more, it's a, the question is how many, how much rewards do you want? <laughs> mm. You know, it's not, are you afraid of, of being cast aside? No, you're already the aroma of Christ to God. Mm. The question at this one is how, how much, how much rewards will you, what do you want when you stand in, in face, in face, the, the 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 Jesus that you have served and who has gave gave Himself for you. So I think it's um again it's the relationship. Who am I? Who am I standing before? What's my relationship to Him? Uh, and secondly, everything that um, I do it to please Him mm-hmm. is rewardable. Yeah. And so think about it. This is actually how normal humans work, right? The things that please you are the things that you care about that you that are that kind of are defining you. Right, If you really love uh, chocolate
1: mm.
2: and someone knows that about you, they can be absolutely confident that when they bring you chocolate, you will be happy. You'll have a smile on your face. Now, that doesn't mean that you aren't their friend if they don't bring you chocolate. You know, It just means that they know this about you and it'll make you happy. And so... Um, what, what do we know about Jesus? Well, he, he, this whole section has been his self-giving love, his sacrifice for others, his, his care and compassion for those on the outside, his, his forgiving his enemies, right? The, the whole story of the gospel shows what God is like because Jesus embodies the Father's love. And so then it's not a hard uh, – instead of asking, you know, what would Jesus do, the better question is what would please Jesus? In fact, I'm stealing that from a, a small group for the Altamont. They, they were joking about it. What, WWPJ. What would not, – not, not, not what you're going to say. Or,
0: or, every, time, every time I hear it, I go, we want peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should, we should market it. I feel like it could be good. Oh, it, it has applications we have to on get, both sides. We have
2: to give them a cut, though. That's uh, it. <laughs> no, but I, I love trademark. that though,
0: shifting the question from what would Jesus do in this situation to instead, what would please Jesus in this situation? Because again, it is, I think it's more relational that way. I, really quick, I think we should pause for a second. This might be a fun rabbit trail because you, you mentioned briefly the, the judgment seat versus the white throne. The we Great should, White, the throne. Great White. Right we should talk about that. I mean, this could turn into a whole episode of like eschatology debate, I guess. But, uh, but <laughs> if someone is, uh, they haven't heard those two different terms before, explain the different judgments. Actually, three okay. judgments, right? There's three judgments that we hear about. Matthew 25, also. Yeah, continue. Yeah, let's let's get into uh, it.
2: Uh, and that again depends on your eschatology. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's I'm, talk about I'm, it. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna talk about the Revelation 21. I'm just gonna read this. This is from Revelation 20, verse 11 through. Uh, a bit here. So he says, then I saw a great white throne. And by the way, there's already been an, an, an evaluation of martyrs, those who've given their life for Jesus. Um, and and they're, they're, they're ready to go. They're, they're doing great by this time because they've, they've uh, been commended for their self-giving love, even to the point of death. And so then he says, then I saw a great white throne. This is why we call it the white throne judgment. And him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. So I think what's going on here is there's two books. There's the book of what you've done, <laughs> your, your deeds, good and bad, and then there's this thing called the book of life. And the dead were written by what was, uh, writ, ju- were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. So the first one has to do with uh, the, what they've done. The second one has to do with their this book of life thing. What's going on there? Mm-hmm. And it says the sea gave up their dead. De- death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. So everybody's coming before for this judgment. And then it says uh, each of them, according to what they've done, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And then it says this, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So of those two books, the most important one is the book of life. That's what determines your future destiny. And if you're not written in the book of life, and, and what is that? What is that book of life? Jesus tells the disciples, they're, they're shouting about how they can cast out evil spirits and stuff. And Jesus says, that's great, but don't rejoice that rejoice rather that your name is written in the book of life. Mm. And so it's it's this fact that if I have trusted in Jesus, I've put my faith in him, his perfect record. On my behalf, I'm in the book of life. Yeah, and so at that point, the I, I don't have to fear that mm. that that uh, you know burning destruction yeah. that, that that awaits.
1: It's like Colossians two, right? The record of debt has been canceled. And
2: canceled. No yeah. condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So, so if there's no condemnation, well, what's left? what's left is evaluation. This, this evaluation evaluation yeah. of of your deeds. Yeah. And you know uh, elsewhere I think Charlie mentioned it that um, you know there's this idea well, I mean, that in 1 uh,
1: Corinthians he gave us he gave us some great passages.
2: Is yeah, that what you're yeah, 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 in 1 Corinthians 3:14 he says if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives the foundation is Christ, he will receive reward, okay? So here's the setup. There's a the foundation, Jesus. Whatever you put on top of that, if it's of good quality, it's going to it's w- reward worthy. And then he says, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only is through fire. Yeah. So that, this is a person who these, are, these people are those who have, their name is in the book of life. So that's settled. Mm-hmm. No judgment, no condemnation. But if in, in living on Christ, you've decided to build up your own kingdom, mm-hmm. if you have offered things that are, um, that are uh, not eternal, that aren't pleasing to Jesus, yeah. they have no place in heaven. Right. It's kind of like you've got a game room or a rec room and, and someone says, great. Um, I want to put in a, a pool table. You're like, that's great. That belongs in the rec room yeah. pool table. And then someone says, I want to put an entire, in a collection of encyclopedia Britannica's. You're like, ah, that doesn't belong in really the rec room. The yeah. That would fit. probably
0: be in your rec room. That would be though. in my rec room. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest yeah, yeah. 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 That's
2: I'm trying to go with a the theme. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't fit. It won't, it won't well, work. And,
1: and you know what I've, in reading that passage, because, because what it invariably, or what it should invariably like cause us to, to think through is like, well, dang, like how, what am I putting on that foundation? You know, like yeah. even here and now. And I, I a grid that I've kind of helped that's helped me figure out like r- in real time w- is what I'm doing going to get burned up or is it going to, is it going to last forever? And I, I think one of the things that I, um, has helped me with that is just thinking through Is this is this um, a relational thing, Mm, right? Because if if I'm investing in becoming the best golfer I can be, you know, or if I'm investing in making sure that I can have a really comfortable retirement, or I'm investing in you know thing things that are temporal, uh, most of the time. I mean, I guess all I can't think of an an exception, but it's all it's all about like stuff and yeah. and and accolades and and success and what people think of me rather than people themselves, right so so I always just ask myself like is is what I'm doing right now um seeking to serve, influence, reach, bless people um, and or bless love. Worship God, and 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 if I can if I can say yeah the thing I'm doing right now in this moment or the way that I've been pouring into this endeavor if it, if I can categorize it as relational then I think that's a good indicator that it, you're building upon the foundation of Christ with eternal materials.
2: I, I, I think in a lot of times. What we mean by spiritual things or eternal things is you could basically swip, swap in relational things. Yeah, it's it's. it's I, I have a sense that that's basically identical because the Trinity is the eternal community of love. That's uh, yeah. it's always been relationship, uh. and so positive love relationship will always produce a, a quality eternal of life that's quality, like that's yeah. like God. So if God, what is God like? What 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 pleases God? God, God mm-hmm. pleases God. The life of God is outgoing, loving, other-centered, um, enjoying, um, create, creative um, for the benefit of others, right? C- creation is not for God's benefit. Creation is an expression of his outgoing love. It's not because he needed a world to worship him, it's because that's what... That's the that's, product. That's, that's what that's you do. It comes yeah. out of you. You know, if you ever met a really creative person, they're just like, just creating, it's coming out that yeah. they can't help themselves. It's just, it's a flowing out. It's not a necessary thing. It's an overflow of who they are. And so what is what is the father? What pleases the father more than anything else in the universe? The life of his son, right? So if, and Paul says, now the life I live, I live to Jesus, um, I'm no longer alive. It's now Christ who lives in me. What Paul is basically saying is everything I do, I ask is I'm doing it in the toward to, to please the father because the life of Jesus is always pleasurable to God. He is where the realm of Christ. So mm-hmm. so when I'm living and what does Jesus do? He loves people. He gives himself for people. He listens. he stops and listens to people. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Rob at the Altamont said a great helpful thing. He says, you know, the things that burn up in this world are the same things that are going to burn up there. Money burns. A car burns. <laughs> wow. Your golf clubs burn. Your trophies burn. Yeah. Your um, 401k certificate or whatever burns up. <laughs> your 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 diploma is going to burn away. Yeah. Right. Uh, your your um, Facebook page will melt down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. It shows that those things are not eternal. But what does last is if I take a friend golfing because I want to talk to him about his life. And build him up. Yeah. It's not the golf. The golf is a great, it's not golf's yeah. evil. It's a great avenue yeah. for enjoyment and for building relationships. Well, and,
1: and even that, even we all, we're all going to die. So even, even that person, uh, or, or you yourself are going to pass away. We're not, we're not in these tents, right? They're yeah. not, they're not eternal, but the moment you had together to build each other up, that is what's eternal.
2: Yeah. You've impacted them. In, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so then. Expecting these new bodies that are, are eternal, and you know Paul says we're being renewed inwardly the outwardly we're wasting away, but we 're expecting this new body so that our inside life will match our outside life right now're we have this new inside life and and we want to fuel that mm. so that that're we're, 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 we're going to be putting on this new life that matches that inner life and so what do, what do we want to do want we want to do the things that are eternal, which are loving people, caring for people if I, if I say Gosh, you're in need. I have a brother in need and I have money that could help him. But, you know, I might want that for myself someday. Mm. Or I, I want to buy that. I was going to go on that trip. Or I, I'm suddenly thinking that an eternal thing, i.e. that person who, whose life is eternal, I'm, not, I'm going to withhold a, a chance to benefit them with my material goods in a way that would enhance their inner life, right? So I'm, I'm choosing at that point to value something that is going to burn away instead of valuing more the person who is going to be eternal.
0: Amen to all of that. And um, one thing I was thinking about as you guys were talking is um, because I agree with that. I think the relationship is the the key definer there of whether this is an eternal thing or, or not. But then I even think uh, as a next step to that, as an additional challenge, you know, I think a lot of us have relationships that um, we could spend time with them for hours and hours and hours, you know, would that time be pleasing to Jesus? I'm not sure, depending on what you're doing and how you work towards them, you know? So I think the additional qualifier there is, mm. is, are you investing in this relationship in a way that points towards Jesus? That's you know, as, yeah, a, as a, sure. a, a bit of a spoiler, but we're getting into, you know, the end of chapter five, we're, we're reminded we're ambassadors, you know, of this ministry of reconciliation. That's that's our charge, you know? So I guess that's my second challenge is, is I think, is this relational first thing? And are you... You know, in that same kind of unlike, you're compelled by the love of Christ. Are you demonstrating that in this relationship? Um, because I think that specific thing, those two qualifiers together, is what is going to lead to these types of Christ pleasing rewards that we're seeing in verse ten.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. And uh, I don't know. I think another thing, just to maybe circle back to the to the beginning of this awesome rabbit trail, just about judgment. We, we read that in verse in verse ten we almost appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and I think it brings up a lot of it could potentially bring up a lot of, it's loaded for for a lot of people we don't like the idea of someone judging us <laughs> we you know we we typically look so at judgy. So, yeah you're, you're that oh that person's so judgmental or a lot of times that's the number one object objection that people have to c- christianity and and the church is it's so judgmental right. And I think the first thing we have to understand is Jesus is completely just and worthy to to, to judge the world. Hmm. You know, in Revelation, you see like who is worthy to open these scrolls. You know, and it's it's only the God Man who took on flesh, lived a perfect life, was tempted in every way that that you could ever imagine, but never gave into that temptation and then offered his perfect spotless lamb life for our sin to, to make a justification, to satisfy the wrath of God. And he's worthy. He's the only one who is worthy. To, so I think if we start there, huh. then a lot of this stuff about evaluation and about separating out who's in the book, who's not in the book, it, it, it'll give us the right, the right lens to, to look at the judgment
2: I like, I like the way you. I like the way you got to that description of Jesus, and you landed on the lamb because yeah. that's actually how the Revelation story pictures him as the the slain lamb. And then, who can open? And he says the lamb can.
1: Yeah. And
2: so, uh, the one who's judging you has has died a bloody death on your behalf. Yeah. And if he did that, you can trust him. Yeah. You can you can absolutely trust him.
0: Totally. Yeah, I love that. And I love, I thought you were going to get juicier earlier about the eschatology stuff and and, and get into it. Um, But what I think is fascinating is whether, no matter which camp you're in, if you're the, oh, there'll be three sequential judgments or there's just one judgment or whatever, or they already happened or whatever whatever it is. And all of those, it's the same. Jesus is the judge. You know whether you're talking about Matthew twenty-five or you're talking about Second Corinthians five or you're talking about Revelation twenty, Jesus is the is the, the the mechanism of that judgment. And you just said it. He is he is. Why would he not be? You know he has the authority. He's God, and he has received judgment in a way that no one else will ever for all eternity. You yeah. Know?
1: Well, and, and and really, you could make an argument that there is a fourth judgment that will happen, which is mind blowing. But but Paul tells us in in First Corinthians six that we will actually judge angels. Oh. Right, and so that that's kind of an interesting thing to think about too, is that you know when when we're in God's kingdom, like when, because really we're we've talked about this before, but God's kingdom is already, but not yet. Mm-hmm. You give am saying, but yeah. but when when we're we're in God's kingdom in a consummate way, we're going to be used to to, to to judge angels, and there's a lot of our imaginations can run wild on what that's going to look like, but what I, what I think, how it relates to this conversation is, man, am I living my life right now in a way where I'm preparing myself to be in that role, to be like a Mm -hmm. co-judge, co-heir ruler with Christ. And my guess is if we're, if we're not living to prepare ourselves for that now, then we're going to be behind the eight ball when, when that time comes, Yeah, you know? And so, and I think it relates to that conversation we've had in weeks, you know, past about like, we want to, we want to invest our lives here and now while we're waiting for the kingdom to come in a way that, that sets up little outposts of, of, of God's kingdom here and now, you know, we want to be loving people and, and focused on those eternal things and investing in in kingdom stuff so that, so that we're, we're living like it's true. Like we're in the kingdom.
2: Well, and, and there's this thread that's I think it's a strong, maybe it's a cable <laughs> uh, that in, in, it's, it's in the passage you quoted. Paul, when he talks about, don't you know you're going to judge angels? He's upset because the Corinthians are suing each other, right. and he's like, aren't you competent enough to judge rightly between yourselves? Right. Well, well, you're going to have a bigger responsibility in the future. You better get on the ball. Yeah. And Jesus says uh, in that parable about the three servants, he says, "Well done." You've been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. The reward is greater responsibility. Wow. And it's kind of a um, a job. And think about it this way. Uh, you want competent people in charge. Even someone who has shown themselves, I I valued badly. I, I misvalued the world. That guy or that gal, she she valued people rightly. She honored Jesus. She pointed them to Jesus. She spent her time on earth well. Yeah, she's... She should be, <laughs> she should have more responsibility, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that would be, it's not going to be a, uh, gee, I, you know, you're, you got unjustly promoted above me. It'll be like, that's, that's right. You demonstrated that. I was thinking of, you, you mentioned before, okay, the first, first thing to set people's hearts at rest, we have Jesus as the judge. Remember him. Remember he gave his life for you. That should instantly set your heart. This is going to be a fair it's going to be good. It's going to be evaluated not on my handsomeness or, or beauty, not my smarts or my you know, lack of intelligence. It's not my, my uh, pedigree or my ethnicity. It's going to be based on the quality of my life compared to his perfect life. Mm. And then the second thing that should set your heart at rest is this is not a judgment like the fiery judgment. This is a judgment like when you're going to sell your house and you have an auditor come over, you're wanting them to judge you you're wanting them to evaluate your house but what you've done you have fixed the car the floor you've put in you know new wood floors you've done the redone the kitchen so that you can get the best price on this house right you've you're hoping for a good evaluation you know, and you know that unless that evaluation comes you're not going to get the reward so you want the judgment come judge judge mm, my house that's cool and I have the expectation I've done it right I've hired the best contractors I I've, I've, it's a new roof new paint job it's going to be it's going be well worth the assessment yeah. so I think it's a that's the kind of judgment we're expecting we're expecting a good return mm. and that's what Paul's saying he's not saying again he's not crossing his fingers gee I hope that I've pleased Jesus yeah because it pleasing Jesus is is not um, a guessing game, yeah. pleasing Jesus is, he lived a life of service, love, and pointing people to the Father. So whatever I do, whether I'm a teacher, whether I'm a, a physicist, whether I'm a you know a shoemaker, whether I'm a... Uh, you know, do they still a, have whatever. those? They, they do have them. In fact, I think we have a cobbler in Livermore. Actually, I've been to that cobbler. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do we still he's, have those he's, also? <laughs> he's fixed my
1: boots before I just
2: remembered.
0: I <laughs> yeah, love
1: it. He's awesome. He's right love next it. to the gun and ammo shop. <laughs> right. Wow, <laughs> you got to love living more. Yeah,
2: but you know, but you get, get the point that that that's the second thing that should set us our hearts at rest. That we can have confidence if we ask not what would Jesus do, which I don't. What, what the Son of God's going to do? I don't. I wasn't. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. But I'm living His life in the sense that I can. He pleased the Father by giving His life for other people, pointing them to the Father. So like I like what you said, Sean. That it's not just I'm in a relationship. Let's go you know, shoot some pool, or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that's a real relationship is, gives life. Yeah. Real relationship. And what's the best It can best happen life. in that context. It, that yeah, can be, exactly. a, that can be a bed right. for it. Craft, you're crafting uh, away and talking about Jesus, right? Or you're, right. or you're listening to people and saying, here's what, uh, that's a hard situation you're in, in your marriage, or with your kids. Here's, here's, here's truth from God. Here's what he would want you to know about his love for you and what, what you can do to um to honor and serve him in that midst, in that midst of that situation that, that's a that 's a life giving thing to walk around you know it doesn 't mean giving verses all the time it means that ultimately you're you're guiding people to Jesus to the Father, and if you do that, it can happen in so many different ways it 's going to be different we 're all different people that 's the whole point we 're the, the many colored grace of God right that that the church is expre- expresses in myriad in unique ways the 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 varied beautiful color, multicolored grace of God. It's like a, like a jewel with so many different faces. So, it's so beautiful that it can't be contained in one human except for Jesus, who was the perfect human. But now we're all sharing that life of Jesus because we all have his spirit in us. But it's going to come out in different ways. But it'll always be doing Jesus-like things, a loving people, giving of yourself to benefit them, um, and and directing them to the true life that is knowing the Father. That's why he said in, in John 17, he says... This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent.
0: Mm.
2: That really simplifies things. That's good.
0: Preach it. Mm. WWPJ.
2: WWPJ. Trademark. Thanks, you guys in Livermore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe as we're. uh as we're uh, chewing the cud here on that topic, you know, if you're feeling a little bit lost right now, like, how do I do this? Um, one thing we talked about yesterday with the teaching team was uh, one way to simplify this is go back to chapter three, you know, and participate in that beholding process um, and, and know better who our savior is. Cause that's really the starting point in beholding who Christ is, um, his, his character, his ministry, his sacrifice for us, his victory, all those things. You, um, the Holy Spirit is so kind to do that process of of transforming us more and more into him, right? And as we do that, that's everything you're saying. If you want to please Jesus, do be Jesus, do Jesus in, in life around you. <laughs> yeah. And that all starts with that just that that constant beholding process in our hearts and minds of who he is.
1: Yeah. And there's so many places we could go to to point to um the beauty and, and glory of Jesus in, in, in scripture. And just to, to put a finer point on it, may, maybe we could give some recommendations for people, you know, passages to read, because I think we, we look at, sometimes we look at a passage of scripture and it and it's, it's telling us what to do, but then we have to go to another passage to, to, to do it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I mean, obviously you can see the, the, the beauty and glory of, of, of God in the face of Christ all throughout the word. But, but there are some spots where it's a little more obvious than others. Would you agree? Yeah. And so like, I was just even thinking about, especially on this relational, uh, you know, topic and just figuring out how do we, how do we share the life of Jesus with each other? I was just thinking about Philippians two, where, where Paul is just talking about, Hey, if you have, if there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, you know, if there's any, Any like effect or love,
2: affection, sympathy. If there's there's
1: anything that you are getting from the life of Christ, like have the same mind as Him. What does that look like? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Take the same mind of Christ, who was in in His very nature God, but He did not hold on to that that quality. He did not He did not use that status status to, um, to his own advantage, but he, but he actually emptied himself and he became a servant and he, he took on the form of man so that he could enter into the mass of humanity. And, and he was obedient to the father all the way to the cross. And, 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 and what did that produce in him? Well, he he produced this glorified state because then he came back to life and he ascended to heaven. And now he's at the right hand of, of the glory on high. And there's no name that's greater than his name. and, and at his name, everybody will bow and every tongue will confess. So I just, I think passages like that, yeah. it just, there's, you can find his beauty and glory. Like it, you can behold it anywhere, yep. but there's certain places where it's just like, it's poking through so clearly. So can you yeah. guys think well, of I some mean, other ones? John,
2: John 1 through 18. Yeah. John, John 1, 1, 8 through 18. And there's there's specific passages that are in there that that, um. Uh, uh, you know, like there's a little John the Baptist side note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But if you read that whole thing, you you have the sense that he is he's a cosmically beautiful because he's the Word that made everything. Who's always been with the Father, and and then he became he tented with us. So he's with a, that same one who made everything. He actually walked around, and then. By looking at him, he says, "No one's ever seen the Father, but the the only God, the one who is at the Father's side, He has made the Father known. This only God, Jesus, the 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 unique one of a kind, one that's yeah. at the Father's side, He's made Him known." So, so just in that little picture, you see this cosmic Jesus, this uh, or I, I say the word the Son. You see, you see the one who took on, basically, it's, it's Philippians two, giving a picture of that. And what was the purpose? Well, we know that the, that that the purpose in him taking on that form of a servant had so many different aspects. One, it was showing us the Father. That's what verse eighteen of John one says that he has made him known. Everything Jesus did was in service to his Father, so we could know what the Father's like and be be connected to his life. Secondly, we know, like from Hebrews uh, two, that he had to take on this human life so he could taste death for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, so all these all these passages start to fill this this painting of Jesus as this beautiful. Beautiful person, and you can even go, the, you know, back to the Old Testament, and you're looking at at like the Daniel seven picture of the, the mm. Son of Man who's exalted on the clouds and seated at the right hand of yeah. the Father. That wow, because of his death, that and that ties into the the second uh, Philippians two, verse ten, right? Because of this, he's exalted. Mm. It's and so that's the pattern. Exaltation follows from uh, self giving service, and so again, kind of back to the rewards. Yeah,
1: all right. Jesus, Jesus, yeah.
2: mo- Jesus modeled what we're experiencing. We died with him, buried with him, resurrected to life, resurrected to glory. And then we share in these rewards. So our, we're yeah. connect, he's so deeply connected to us. And that makes me happy yeah. that he doesn't, he's not ashamed to call us brothers. He's, he's like, I'm with you guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you got one?
0: Yeah. Those, those are both great. Um, two that come to mind are obviously Colossians. One is one of those, I think like, it's cosmic like, poking. What we're talking of, about is
1: like Christological passages that like really get into the meat of who Jesus is. Yeah. Right?
0: So I think Colossians one, like when you read that, it's like, Oh my gosh, like that you see his power, you know, and his purpose and creation, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I've been chewing on the last couple of days is Ephesians two, you know, um, of just, <laughs> it, cause it's practical for what we're talking about, about being these, these ministers of the new covenant and being ambassadors. Cause it reminded like of that whole, you know, gospel story of God showing his love and and extending his immeasurable grace to us through Jesus you know but I like how in verse 11 it's like kind of a charge it's like hey silly you you were made for this you were made in Christ to do good works you know for this path that God laid before you before to to do it but then that reminder in the second half of chapter two of just man we have unity you know we have oneness and it's, it's, it's 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 two kinds of oneness you know our our peace is in Christ who through his sacrifice secured oneness with himself. And then also I forget the wording, but it's like in his flesh, he's broken down the walls of, of hostility and oneness with one one another. I've just been thinking about that, you know, about that kind of oneness, which is really related to this topic of extending love, of pleasing Jesus, of, of being relational in a Christ pleasing way, you know, showing that type of oneness, um, which I think just uh, as a side note, as we're talking about evangelizing and being a light and pointing people towards you just don't know him, I think that's one of the biggest ways, you know, is, is demonstrating an, an unworldly like oneness and unity because we don't have these walls of hostility in Christ. Man, you're talking about last night, Nathan, about, Christ's followers, his, his disciples, people who would never be friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And look at the three of us right now in this room. We would probably not be friends in a worldly context if it not for the grace of Jesus, right? Yeah. And yet, I love you both dearly. And so I think it's that kind of thing that that points towards Jesus. So anyways, I think the, the first half of Ephesians 2, if you want a reminder of the gift we have, and the second half— If you want to be stirred on in your peace and unity with others, yeah, it it says
1: he's broken down the dividing wall of hostility. I love that 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 picture.
2: And maybe I can be sympath if I can be sympathetic to people who might be listening, and they have that sense of yeah, yeah, I hear this all the time. Yeah, yeah, the gospel. Yeah, yeah, look look at Jesus. You know, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. But but what but my life? I I feel I'm in I'm in I'm in I'm in depression or I'm in anxiety or whatever, Um, and. And, and why, so, why does the Bible keep pushing us back to Jesus? Why, what's the purpose of that? If I, and especially if I don't feel that sense of delight and 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 wonder, um, well, I I, th- I think just kind of maybe in a simple simple way, you cannot value something if you don't see them. <laughs> you know, it's hard it's hard to value. or and When I say see, I mean have an encounter with what who that person is. Let's just say, right. Someone could write something beautiful. You've had an encounter. If you say, that is beautiful, that poem about me you know, or mm-hmm. that poem about whatever, that, that would what a great mind. You've had a, a, a true encounter and, and you'll, that might become your favorite poem. Um, or it could be you see a work of art and you're like, that artist is amazing. Wow, that really communicated to me. So I'm not saying it has to be a... We can't... We don't, Jesus is not standing here right now in this room physically, mm. right? But, but, so how do we encounter him? Well, his spirit is at work in the world. And we see that spirit in the lives of people. So when we, like, like you're saying in the, the the importance of being in, in church community, if you, w- one reason you might be in uh, despair or, or in a dark place or not being able to respond to the truth of God's word is because you're, you're, you're flying solo. Maybe you come to church, but you're not engaging with people and you, you assume maybe, maybe you assume that um, they're, they're just nice people. <laughs> But if you say, "Wait a second, these people know Jesus, and there's a quality of life that they're showing. So I'm encountering the life of Jesus right now. They're the, they're the evidence that, that Jesus is alive. And that's kind of what Paul is getting at, that our lives really do show what Jesus people are actually having real encounters with Jesus, because His spirit is inside us, how we relate to each other. He said, "They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another." So when people come to church, they need to be seeing the life of Jesus played out. And that's believers and unbelievers alike. Mm-hmm. And if we don't encounter that, if we're just talking shop, if we're not if we're not um, welcoming, hey, let's go to lunch afterwards. I'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Let me tell you what Jesus is teaching me. How can
1: I pray How for you? How can I pray for you? Yeah. Right? All that let's kind of stuff. Let's pray together now. Yeah, yeah
2: you're, you're not, we're yeah. not. That's one way we don't. And then... When we do that, then we recognize that oh, all this stuff Jesus talks about is true. Mm. He really has sent a spirit in the world,
1: when, and we can experience it. Like what you're talking about is is God made, makes provisions for us to obviously clearly understand what He's like. Yeah, but then He also makes provisions for us to experience what He's yes. like yeah. through the indwelling of His Spirit, through community
2: you yep. know, through yeah. his
1: his grace that we see all throughout creation. So yeah, it's amazing, I,
2: yeah. I think people, the question like, oh, what's what's the proof for God's existence? You know, tell me some some things that I can prove scientifically. <laughs> yeah. And, but remember, if, if relationship is the nature of the Trinity and therefore the relationship of, our relationship is the, the central reality of the Christian life, relationship with God and true loving relationship with each other, then um, we should expect the proofs to be relational like proofs. So what's what are relationship like proofs? Well, I, I can talk about Jesus in my life. Here is this time when I was in a deep need, and and God showed up through this friends or church family who came around me, or mm. through this through this passage from Scripture that even though my circumstances didn't change, the truth of that and God's care for me uh, got me through that. Or you know, or or or, or I, I'm I'm experiencing His love so significantly because I know that He died for me and He loves me. I'm able to face criticism at my job. Because that that truth is carrying me through. So you see all these relational realities. Just like you know, if someone says you're a bozo, but my wife mm-hmm. says, you know, I, Nathan, I love you because of these things. I can carry that that relational proof through into my criticism because of I have this person, this dynamic relationship, and I believe her. If we believe Jesus when He says, "I will never leave you or forsake you." then that means even when I don't feel like he's not forsaking me or that he has forsaken me, I'm saying, but he but He hasn't, he's still here. And I can, yeah. I'm, I'm going to walk in a way that says that, that he is here with me.
0: And I'm so glad you brought up the Rita thing because a lot of times when I'm thinking about my relationship with Jesus and how, how to put some of these things into practice, my marriage is kind of the arena that I... It, I most easily process relationship and I think by God's design, you know, Uh, and if you're unmarried out there, then you can just learn from me, I guess, (laughs) because from my experience, you know, with Patty, this kind of stuff happens all the time where, where we have to work through an issue or, or refine an area of my, our relationship, you know, and this just came up recently where, you know, I, I have not as a husband been doing something that, that Patty needs me to do for her to feel loved, you know, and Mm -hmm. feel cared for and cherished. And my, my go-to like temptation response in that type of interaction, not just with her, but in general is, okay, give me a list of things I have to do and how frequently I have to do them for you to feel loved, and then we'll move on, you know? <laughs> um, and and that sounds so ridiculous saying that right now. And yet, so often we treat our relationship with Jesus like that or our Christian roles like that, you know? Like it'd be weird if Nathan was like, hey, how's your marriage, Sean? And I was boasting about like, oh man, it's so good. I buy flowers once a month, you know, and we have a date night once a week, you know, mm. and we have this and this, this, instead of talking about, oh, I love my wife because she is this and treats me this way, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, it's so easy for us to get in that mindset of like, oh, well, I tithe this much and I serve on the Connections team and I go to the prayer room every week. I must be doing it right, you know, instead of, man, am I pursuing the person of Jesus? So yeah, think less about the list. We love our lists. We're listians sometimes.
1: <laughs> oh, and, uh, yeah, and, that's yeah, and, true. and, and,
0: like like I would with my wife, try less about the how many things and how frequently to, to please Jesus, and more about man, who is Jesus, and do I have a heart that just wants to make them happy and proud of me?
2: That's great. I like that list, I'm gonna definitely gonna trademark that. <laughs> um, but 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 the um, that reminds me of the of the story Charlie told on Sunday about his daughter who put the dishes away just because she knew it would make him happy. You know, Dad, I look what I did for you, mm-hmm. right? And later on, you know, he found out that the they're put in the wrong places. You know, maybe she wasn't tall enough to put them where they're supposed to go or whatever. I don't know. But but that, di- that did not affect his pleasure in what she was doing. And if if our, you know, Jesus says, if our earthly fathers, though they're evil, can give us good gifts, <laughs> how much more will our heavenly father give gifts? And I can think he can say, if our earthly fathers or mothers or friends find pleasure when we're thinking about them and acting to please them, even if even if we fail to perfectly, you know, do, the, do it just right, you know, that, the, that's the relational affection and delight mm. in wanting to please somebody because we love them, not because we're trying to get their attention. We already have God's attention. So he good. sent his son, not he, oh, 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 I didn't see you down there. Let me send my son to save you. No, he, he picked the right time to send his son. Mm. So we already have his attention. And then if, when we're in Christ, we are the aroma of Christ. We don't have to, we don't have to do anything, you know, backflips and jumping through hula hoops just to get his attention. No, he says, uh, but, but live in light of this real alive relationship. That's the point. Paul says, you're dead. Consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to him. And what's alive? It's going on dates with your wife, taking your kids out for treats, taking a friend out for coffee, you know, talking about what's going on. That's what being alive to somebody is. And so, uh we're we're now I can say I can surprise God for his birthday, you know, he doesn't have a birthday. But you know what I mean? We can we Do I you mean I, Christmas? I can oh man, it's so great. <laughs> it's so great. You know, wouldn't it be funny if if I thought that throwing a surprise party for a friend um I was "Boy, I hope they uh Hope that they after this they'll really like me. <laughs> no, I'm doing it I because I want to see the joy already, and delight in their face. And you
1: already have I've got a relationship. relationship. Yeah, delight. Mm-hmm. yeah they're already there. delighted.
2: I just want to I just want to experience that delight more. And I yeah. know I have confidence. That's that's Paul's point. Paul has confidence. He's not like, gee, I hope when I love this person, God's hat, likes that. He's like, God's gonna like it. Yeah. It's like Jesus, it's like his son. Yeah. He, Jesus is going to be so pleased because I'm loving His people well, mm. and uh, and so it's a confidence just in the way we walk boldly into the throne of grace because of Christ. We can walk boldly to that judgment, that evaluation mm-hmm. day, knowing that uh, I've spent my life well. Yeah, and I don't expect I don't expect to uh, to be to to say yeah, you know that that time you helped that. Brother or sister need uh, – I'm not – that wasn't – you didn't ever do a very good job of that. You, you yeah. should have given him some more money, you know. <laughs> exactly. No, he's like, hey, good job. Good yeah. job.
0: Well, uh, my last thing – and I'll shut up after this. We can sign off. Uh, or at least I can sign off. <laughs> is, um, you know, I really appreciate, Nate, something you said on Sunday and then again yesterday of um, – and it's a little bit of a spoiler because this is next week's oh, message, I guess. Away, but, away. But it's really related to this because we, we have to be really careful as brothers and sisters – to not judge our brothers and sisters based on things that are not the way Christ is judging us. You know, that's something you brought up of we're so quick sometimes to hold people to standards that are not the Bible standards or not Jesus's standards, you know? So when we're talking about our desire and our heart that wants to love Jesus and please him, don't just resist the temptation, resist the worldly temptation to judge your brother and sister based on something like who they voted for. You know, based on something like which hobby they do or don't have, you know, based on something like whether they're wearing a mask or not, all those different things. There's a million things. And, and more important, you even feel free to ask that question. Hey, what's your motivation for that? You know, and and whether you're wearing a mask or not, whether you voted for this D, you know, whether you're going here or here, mm-hmm. did you do it from a place that truly wants to just please Jesus? Because if so, I don't care which one you did. I am happy as your brother that you, that's where your heart's at and I can love you regardless. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, what I. I want to add on something, not necessarily that, but it you it, it sparked me, um, which is uh, healing broken relationships through humility is also pleasing to Jesus. Mm. So if you, I, I had this situation this week where I, I was irritable <laughs> and impatient.
1: No, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. You're
2: looking at the shirt, like you can't be impatient with that shirt. It's, <laughs> it's like you're on vacation all the time. Uh, but but uh, I was
0: waiting for you to apologize. I forgive you. <laughs> There's several. Okay, thank you. Sorry, thank you, Sean. Um, <laughs> on,
2: on live, it <laughs> wasn't me. You were first, folks. Uh, <laughs> it was live me. apology. No, um, but with my my family, of course, they're all around me while I'm in the state, and so uh, several of them got the the you know little irritation remarks or or, or abrupt actions, and so um, and I asked my you know because instantly when you do that. You feel bad emotions on the inside, mm. and as a Christian, we should we should take that as a hint from the Holy Spirit, <laughs> because we're supposed to always have the fruit of the Spirit operating when we're walking by the Spirit. Peace, joy, love, patience, goodness, kindness—those things. If if those if that emotional life is not in in our hearts, if we're not at hearts at rest, there's something wrong. We're not walking in the step of the Spirit. And when we do walk in step of the Spirit, no matter no matter what our circumstances, we have that that sense of peace and joy and happiness and or love. So anyway. I instantly knew that I was not walking by the Spirit, <laughs> hmm. and I'm training myself when that happens not to get defensive or start to justify in my mind, which is what I, you know, we were prone to do that, like, oh, uh, well, you know, they shouldn't have gotten in the way. Uh, I was going, I was walking to the sink, and they, I shoved them out of the way because they were hmm. in the way. How you know they. how they did it? And instead, I'm like, okay, what would please Jesus here? And that what would please Jesus is for me to model that humility of saying. I, I, I've i done something to damage our relationship. It's worth more to me that you are pointed to Jesus, that you have a heart of confession and repentance in the future so we can get back in line with life with Jesus. It's pleasing to Jesus when you correct broken relationships by confessing your sin to one another and asking for forgiveness because you value relationship more than you value doing things your way.
0: Man, that that's so good. And I know I said I was done, but I can't help it. There's one last thing. <laughs> I think tied to that, man, Satan is so cunning and dangerous and deceitful. And when we don't do that process, our judgment gets very clouded. You know, when when we're hung up on the question of does this person love me or not, all of a sudden we start perceiving things that are happening. As untrue, you know, or as not what they are. Dan and I just went through this as friends. We just I was did this. About process. To say, are you
1: passively aggressively talking about,
0: about no, me? I'm unpassively, unaggressively talking about you and me. <laughs> no, on, so we on. just want to do this, you know, <laughs> where, where where I had hurt Dan and maybe vice versa, and and because of that, and we hadn't done that process yet, things were happening and being received improperly. Mm. You know, Satan was using those things to try to paint this narrative that we weren't loving each other. When a lot of those things were actually not what was happening, we just didn't realize it because we're in that place. So, anyways, do that process. A, it pleases Jesus. And B, it shields you from Satan's attacks because he's trying to get you. Yep. Yep.
1: Fantastic. I love it. I, maybe we should lay in the plane. If you're still listening, congratulations.
0: <laughs> you're a trooper.
1: <laughs> Hashtag end of pod squad. You made it. And uh, any, any last little things you want to leave people with just, you know, life of the church kind of stuff coming up that we don't want them to miss
0: or, yeah. Shameless plug number two, if you're a family in Livermore with middle school or high school students every Tuesday night, 630, Ultimate yeah, yeah, Youth and Ministry. Yeah, where do they go to
1: find the location and the time and the details and all that stuff?
0: Yeah. Either you can uh, ask me Renee, or you can go to the website. It's always on the events page, you know, the events page of the website and we'll see the Ultimate Youth Ministry stuff there.
2: go online slash events, Sean.
0: Wow, that was on the nose. You did it. <laughs>
2: Good job, guys. Also, we got an Altamont men's meetup coming up. That on, too. On, on Monday.
1: Wow, this is a very
0: Alta, Altamont-centric, Altamont-centric oh, no, podcast.
2: Yeah. Do you, got, you have any announcements for The Crossing? No. No. Okay.
0: Parry remember Tuesday. Come. Yay! Come. Okay. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you are still here, miraculously, we're so grateful for that. And if you're, like, not done yet, if you want more, stick around for an extra five minutes of bonus uh, random, random conversation about music.
2: Nothing, yeah, having nothing to do with Second Corinthians five. Yeah, we did. We had we had a pretty
0: interesting conversation about music when
1: we were doing pre-production for this podcast. So, stay tuned. There's some wild stuff coming. <laughs>
2: okay, see you later. Right. That's
1: not a joke, by the way. I hate playing with the capo because it messes with intonation and like just bothers me. You know, right. like and. Is that just, if, you had, if I had better guitars, would that be better? Or, or yeah. is it always going to be sharp when you capo past
0: yeah. two? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it'll be a little bit different based on the guitar and stuff. But even the most perfect guitar, if you capo, the intonation's off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's intonated for that, right, that, right. that string length. So,
1: so that's the thing that bothers me. Unless you're going to play the whole set in one key, that's when I'll use it. And if I'm like the second or third guitar player, <laughs> I'll use it. But like, I just hate having to like retune in between songs. Um, or have it sound sharp. Yeah. You know,
2: you know Masaki Lu, who, who yeah. does all the sound here. Yeah, yeah, he has perfect pitch, mm. and he um he, he would he would in concert always retune every time because he wanted concert pitch yeah. for his guitar. I believe it. So because when you put standard tuning, it's not quite right. Yeah, it's just yeah, sort yeah. of an average that fits pretty well. Yeah, but depending on your it chords, him, it, yeah. yeah. So it would
0: totally That's, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's like the micro tonal guitar frets. Have you seen those? No. So instead of like having you know your twenty-one frets, the, every fret is split into six frets, and they're all slightly off, and it looks really oh, crazy to crazy. be perfectly in tune yeah. with the true actual uh, scale. Yeah. So when you hear someone play, it sounds crazy because it it's not sounding based on our traditional like Western twelve scale. Cool? You know? And then
1: there's also like the whole conversation of like the the Hertz that everything is set to, right? Like four forty, is kind of like the standard. You know, um, kind of frequency that everybody bases stuff off of. Yeah. But there's like all there's like a bunch of um, conspiracy theories about that. Like <laughs> that it's like
0: Check it's it like actually. Like this.
1: Have you read
2: about this oh thing, gosh, there, Sean? Have you read about yeah? What's that? Have it's you read about like called microtonal guitar? Wow, the, the,
1: um, you know, kind of like the the tuning system that we use at 440.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How it's like there's like there's conspiracies about like Nazi Germany and about how like, it's, it's like an evil, <laughs> like it, it. there's something evil and like sinister wow. about 440. Have you read about do this? Do you mean the, do you mean the Greeks,
2: you mean the Greeks were Nazis back in, the, in ancient something. Greece? Yeah. I
0: don't know. <laughs> That's the funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> they,
2: were, they were Nazis before their time. Boy. Oh, the, yeah. The, um, yeah. I mean <laughs> the reason it's, the reason it's that way is because it's physically like physics. I'm talking, that's how it was. Dis- they were discovering that when you when you take a pitch and then you divide it at a certain it point, so it matches or it you know, perfectly octavizes. Or- yeah,
1: just just type in 440 yeah. conspiracy theories. Uh, there's I'll let stuff. you
2: do that for
0: me. You, there's yeah. some amazing stuff. I, know, I don't want to be getting stuff in my, my Na- inbox. nice cover up, Nathan. We know the Greeks aren't. We know the aren't real. Really really yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's like it's funny because there's like some artists who basically will do. They'll do a project like in a different hurts like to they'll like tune everything to like a different number interesting and and they're like oh it has amazing like therapeutic qualities and d- it's like yeah. this magical like <laughs> it's crazy
0: yeah Actually there's that's part of the whole microtonal thing it actually has its roots more in like south asian middle eastern music because they don't subscribe to you know the western 12 note right. scale and they would say a lot of that stems from because their music playing is more centered around more spirituality type stuff right I mean, you know.
1: so Jimi hendrix john lennon bob marley and prince all tune their music to a specific frequency of 432 because it's known as the beat of the earth and it has healing benefits and all this stuff blah, blah, blah.
0: Huh. So, so, a lot, so a lot of those musics yeah. over there their their scales are not like ours and they yeah. revolve around kind of those microtonal scales instead which is interesting mm.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, and it's interesting that, like, the sitar, all the all the Indian mm, stuff. The Eastern stuff, yeah. Eastern yeah. stuff, is it yeah. is listening to the air who, which, does, which is not another, you know, unfretted instruments. Yeah. You, you can do a lot of sure. stuff on a violin yeah, you, yeah, that yeah, you can't yeah. do easily yeah. on a guitar, but.
1: Well, and it's interesting because we've conditioned our brain to perceive music a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. when you hear it. Like and even sometimes this happens to me where I'm like like actually I was I just had a weird experience I was driving with the windows down because it was a nice day and I was listening to music really loud and I was listening to a song that I know but I was like I couldn't find the key in my ear it sounded mm. like the artist was singing out of key mm. and it, and I think it was because like the interference of like the wind and the uh. tones that were coming in. they're adding adding notes that weren't fitting to the scale so then I like like rolled the windows up and I was like oh there it is it was just totally weird
0: you know what's so fascinating is even though like like going to those microtonal scales in the middle east or going to the more oriental like pentatonic scales versus the western like 12 note scales even though we've been conditioned in our various geographical areas to you know subscribe to certain normalities of music there are certain like universalities which are just crazy like all of them have major and minor skills, right? They all have major and minor feels, And yeah. you don't have to teach someone, you just feel Hey, it. you should feel tension right now. When you hear this, this structure, <sighs> or played. Feel creepy yeah, they just yeah, feel that, yeah. you know, and that's a universal thing with humans. And then same thing with major, like, you shouldn't feel that this is, i have to tell you, this is a positive moment right now. Yeah. You just know it inherently. Yeah. It's like God's very creative and how he allowed that variety. And yet there's consistency in, in some ways in mm-hmm. the emotionality of music.
2: It's And it's probably related to the things we share, Like for example, Everybody all over the world thinks of red and associates it with things like death or pain, mm. as well as other. There's not, It's not just those things, but why? Because we all have blood. When we get stabbed, mm. it's red. Or blue is all, all, almost universally connected to Peaceful, peace. Calm, why? Because we see yeah. the ocean, we see the sky, everyone has access to that. So the same, uh, or, or like a shape, you know, if you have an acute angle, it's always going to be... A, a, a dangerous work yeah. a, cur- a gentle curve cuz you cuz uh-huh. you know that if you touch a gentle curve it's soft but if it's a sharp angle it's a little, it hurts you so i, I mean, it must be the same kind of thing there must there's elements in our brains that deal with sound mm-hmm. that have similar yeah. similar uh influence yeah. uh, it's like
1: that it, it's like that whole like romans 1 like the the invisible qualities of god mm-hmm. are are evident on the, on the in in the things that have been made mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times we think Oh, like a beautiful mountainscape, or like a sunset, or whatever, which is true, but obviously there's these there's these other things that we perceive that also point to to yeah. God.
2: Yeah, I, I I've shared like how the interconnectedness of everything points to a God who is relational. Yeah. Or um, you know, in Romans it's spe- specifically two things you can know: His eternal power and His divine nature. Right. But he's other than you, and He's really. Amazing in his creative and, and power to sustain. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I I do think that you know math. Not that I'm mm. a mathematician, but why you know the, everybody, secular or not, you know non-Christian, uh, who are mathematicians, they say that the that math does a ridiculously good job of, of describing the universe, and it, math is a relationship of a symbolic rela- a symbol, a symbolic language that describes relationships. And so I thought well, that's that's interesting. It's a relational framework for understanding things. How does speed relate to yeah. time or how does mass relate to this that's all that's what well, and, math and, it, and, and it's like does. it's
1: like music in the sense that it wasn't invented. It was discovered yeah. and harnessed and, yeah. and 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 we we kind of figured it out. We didn't invent it, that's it right yeah, you know so yep. it's like well, where does it come from? It comes yep. from a divine creator yeah
2: and and maybe like what Sean was saying that the similarity points to that sense that we didn't discover it. But because you say, well, there's different varieties, you know, so mm-hmm. maybe we just discovered it and they would, we would say, yeah, but there's those overlaps that are clearly universal so that it can't be, we can't all be discovering different things that just happen to be the same. Yeah. There must be pointing to, to, that, to that design. And I think, I think especially with maybe Western music, what makes it different is that coming from a Greek base, we think now like an enlightenment rational way. So you, you have... American composers who just say, just by the numbers, I'm going to make music just by the numbers because we can boil that down. But maybe in the, in the Eastern mindset, like, no, why would you do that? Why? That doesn't
0: make sense. Too much all. structure. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 And that's our podcast. There
0: you go. The more you know, three musicians on a podcast.
1: <laughs> we should, have uh, we should have that be bonus content at the end. I've been recording this whole time. Like, you
0: should. We should, we should have, hey, you should. We should light, uh, like, for real. Yeah. This is recording. <laughs> and then I'll do a whole teaching about the devil's interval.
1: Yeah. Oh, you heard exactly. that? The dev's
0: uh, tri- which one's that? Tritone.
1: Oh. That's another yeah. one. Yeah, in
0: any right. in any music structure in the whole world, if you play a tritone, it is received as repulsive. Doesn't matter if it's oriental music, middle what Eastern is, music. What like is here. a tritone? So like a chord would be like a one-three one three five, five, right? Yeah. But a tritone is is two two whole steps between each of those. So like with a normal chord, it's like the one to the three is two whole steps, but the three to the five is a half step and a whole yeah, step. Yeah, yeah. So if it's like, you know, C E G, but then it's C E G sharp instead play those two together and it's repulsive mm. and across that's actually that, that the, the tritone, both the tritone and then also like a, a root and then a sharper that root played together. And both of those two things are what make the sounds for like ambulance sirens and things like that. Cause they're so like distressing to hear yeah. together. I,
2: I did a, one song I wrote, I did a little tritone scale just, yeah. just to do that. And it's do, yeah. and it sounds when you do it, in sequence, it's okay, not so weird, but if
0: well, when you play them together, it just sounds so like this, <laughs> shit, you know?
1: That's crazy, dude.
0: The more wow. you know. Wow, that you, uh, that you nailed it. That was a good. Yeah. <laughs> the Simpsons. It's also a tritone. I'm <laughs> right. Okay, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, Go ahead and check out VBC.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.